0: This December 16th and 17th, Northwest Valley Baptist Church presents A Walk Through Christmas, a special night of fun and excitement for all ages. Come and see the live nativity scene with animals and narration. Listen to live Christmas music and caroling while enjoying hot chocolate and coffee. Take part in crafts for kids and explore our candy cane forest. Take a complimentary family picture at one of our photo booths. Get your free tickets at walkthroughchristmas.org or go to Eventbrite and search Walk Through Christmas.
1: There is a holy God in heaven who cannot be approached by sinners, unless something about those sinners is changed.
0: I'm Celeste Montague, welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw, Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org Or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, we continue our study of the life of Elisha the prophet who took the mantle of the role of prophet of God after Elijah. Today, we bring you part two of a message titled, The Conversion of Naaman. Let's listen as Dr. Shaw picks up this story with a little more information about the Jewish slave girl who sends Naaman on his mission to receive healing.
1: You know, it's, it's wonderful when we talk about this little servant girl in fact, she's just a little simple messenger. We see her her story in verses two through four. And when the Syrians got out in companies and they brought away a captive out of Israel, the land of Israel, a little a little girl, probably teenage or even younger, and she served. She waited on Naaman's wife. She whatever she needed, whatever she wanted, that she got that for Naaman's wife. She must have been pretty well because there was a, a compassion that she had for her master and mistress. And she said unto her mistress, would God my Lord were, in the, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he, for he would cure him of his leprosy. The prophet that is in Samaria, she didn't even mention his name, there's, there's a prophet in Samaria who could fix this. The wonderful thing about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. We don't have to fix people. We just have to point them to who can. All we have to do is direct them to Jesus. And he is the one who can transform them. And this is a wonderful thing. Because, see, sometimes we think when we are... we are. Um, Sharing the gospel, we somehow, we almost treat it like we have to save these people. I I know, you know how it is when some new believer gives their testimony and they say, oh, you know, Brother Mike, Brother Mike saved me. Well, we know what they mean. We know that Mike didn't save him. We know God did. But in their mind, that's, that's how they express it. But there are sometimes we act like we have to do it. And we don't have to do it. God does it. And God does it wonderfully. And God does it miraculously. And God saves people that you could, you might never imagine. God saves people that, that you think might, might never ever get saved. God does that. I mean, if you would have... if, if Okay, we're, let's, we're having a soul winning class in ancient Israel. And we're saying, okay, who are we going to target with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, I think we ought to target... The Chief Officer in the Army of our enemy I, I was trying to think of about uh, you know uh, 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 an analogy today if we were if we go back to the Cold War era it would be like saying, okay, what I think we ought to do is pray for the head of the KGB for him to get saved I mean I mean that's that, that's the level of kind of distance and conflict and and yet a simple messenger showing compassion a captive a child with a simple indirect message of faith i you know i see this problem and i can't fix it but i know somebody who can and i see you ever have a the co-worker that comes to you you know what i'm talking about the coworker that comes to you and their life is an absolute mess I mean the marriage is a mess the finances are a mess they're dealing with addictions they're dealing with all these problems and it, I mean they've dug themselves in so deep there's just no way to get out and, and you say well okay let me try to give you advice so well, you should do this or you should do... you can't fix that you can't fix them but you can tell them who can it's a it's a simple messenger with, with the confidence that no I can't fix this but God can God can change a life it isn't that God can just forgive God can transform a life God can do that so but there are more lessons that Naaman has to learn so so Naaman goes to Israel and the king rends his clothes and Elisha hears about it and he sends a messenger who says listen I know why, why are you doing this send him to me I will show him that there is a prophet in Israel there is, there is a voice of God. That's what a prophet is. Just a mouthpiece of God. There is a voice of God in Israel. So Naaman goes to the house. Has all kinds of money. You can't buy salvation. Right? No amount no amount of money is going to buy salvation. So he, so he goes to the, the house. And we see, we see in verse 10. We start in verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha this great soldier with this great group of traveling soldiers and they they're carrying the cart with the the gold and the silver and all the you know all the changes of clothes and all the stuff that is necessary for them to travel and they, they come uh, you know rolling up to the house of the prophet which is probably a fairly humble place and so Naaman comes and he stands at the door of the house of Elisha. Now, I don't know what they did exactly in ancient times. Maybe they knocked on the door, or maybe they did like some of our Native Americans where they just stood at the door and waited for somebody to come out. But he, st- but he stood at the door, and Elisha sent his- a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. The prophet doesn't even speak to him. One of the things that we have to understand: see, Naaman understood that he was sick physically, and he needed to be healed. But Naaman was still proud; he still thought of himself as something, someone that is important. You say, "Well, wh- why was Elisha so rude? What? Why didn't he come to the door? Why didn't the prophet at least speak?" to this important man here's why sinners can't approach god sinners now I, I, you say but elisha wasn't god no but he is the prophet of god and there's a lesson that naaman needs to learn you see this this world right this here is it's all full of people who think unsaved never placed their faith in jesus christ no application of the blood of the Lamb who think that they can speak to God and they can come into God's presence and they can use his name in vain and they can call upon him whenever they want and maybe he'll help and maybe he won't. Folks, there is a holy God in heaven who cannot be approached by sinners unless something about those sinners is changed. They <laughs> said, go wash in the Jordan seven times. No amount of money could have bought salvation. No, no um, station or personal importance could buy salvation. None of those things. No personal preferences. So he says, Go wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be clean. And notice the reaction to Naaman in verse 11.
0: More about Naaman and his reaction to Elisha's suggestion to wash in the dirty Jordan River seven times. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, and part two today of a message titled The Conversion of Naaman, as we continue a study of the life of Elisha the prophet. Visit daretostand.org to find out more about Dr. Shaw's Church or this radio ministry. Many in our community struggle with addiction. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts.
1: Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button.
0: Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church, 623-581-3115. And now, let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw describes Naaman's reaction to Elisha's instruction to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. Here's our teacher.
1: So Naaman was wroth. That word wroth simply means angry. And he went away and he said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and, and strike his hand over the plagues and recover the leprosy. he had already decided this is how it has to happen. That, uh, you know, he would call on the name of God, and, he, and he'd hit the place, or he'd hold his hand over the place, and he'd do some sort of important ritual, and he would be clean. he decided that this is, this is the way to happen. Can I just remind you of something? Salvation does not come on your terms, it comes on God's. And it was a lesson that he had to learn. And then he says, of course, I mean, if I have to go and dunk in a river, I mean, do I have to do it in the Jordan?" I remember a preacher when I was young, making a big deal about the fact that the Jordan River was a place where people dumped all their trash. I don't know if that's the case. I really don't know if that's the case, but here's what I do know when they when the when Elisha said the Jordan River, he wrinkled his nose at the idea he said couldn't couldn't i go and he said are not the uh, uh, abana and the far far uh, the the far far rivers of damascus better than all the water of of israel man I go, can't i go wash in my own water Can, can't i do my own thing why do i have to do it his way i want to do it my way salvation can't happen your way there are not many ways to god Dr. E.R. Jordan had a tremendous impact upon my life. And God saved him when he was in the Navy. He had grown up in orphanages, fighting the other kids in the orphanages and being the toughest guy in the school. That was just kind of the way he he grew up. He was in the Navy in World War II and had had seen tremendous combat and seen death all around him. And he'd gone to a revival service in a, in a small Baptist church in South Philadelphia and heard the gospel preached for the first time. When he heard the gospel preached for the first time, he went up to the preacher after the message, and here's what he told him. And he tells us in, he told us in his, story, in his testimony, he walked up to the preacher and he said, I want to get saved, but under one condition. And the pastor of the church said, well, what's that? He said, I have to help. I mean, you said you just have to believe, but he says, I have done so many things wrong. He says, I have to change my life. I have to help. And the preacher said, you can't be saved then. I'll see you later. He said, you can't be saved then. I'll see you later. And he walked away like Naaman, angry. But you see, he was still proud. He had to come to himself Finally, he had come, to the, um, had come back for several different meetings and meeting with the people in the church and sharing the gospel. He finally came to the pastor at one point and said, okay, God can do it all. And then God did it all. He got saved, decided he was going to get baptized while he was waiting, because there were several other people who got got saved while he was waiting in line to be baptized. There was this woman standing next to him and got saved also in the same meeting. And uh, they got to know one another, and he married her, and they were married for like 60 years and involved in ministry altogether. They met waiting to get baptized together. But, But here's the point. Submission to God means complete submission to God. It means all of his way. And none of our way, and this is the lesson that Naaman had to learn. It's only humility and cleansing. So he gets he gets frustrated, and one of his servants and his servants, verse thirteen, came near, and they spoke to him and they said, "My father, if the prophet had told bid you, if he'd asked you to do some great thing, you know, go climb a mountain or go." You know, you know do something he'd build you to do some great thing would you not have done it how much rather than when he saith wash and be clean i don't know what happened in naaman's heart i think reason just took over he said I, he's desperate he's desperate to be clean so he goes down and he washes in the Jordan River, and he says, when he went down, he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Oh, no. Okay, just, let's just talk about this for a moment. You say, but, but Pastor, I don't, I don't quite get this. Does that mean, I mean, he did this ritual, and then he was saved. So if you have, do you have salvation by works? Let's step back a second, okay? He did this ritual, and he was healed. The ritual that God gave him by the mouth of Elijah the prophet led to his healing. And his healing led to his salvation. He was not saved by dipping in the Jordan. The dipping in the Jordan was God's way of revealing to him who he was, the great God of heaven who could heal his disease. And his response to the healing was his salvation. Does that make sense? The healing was not his salvation. Take a look. He comes out of the water and he goes to the man of God. He and all of his company. He came and stood before him and he said, Behold now, these are the words of a saved man. Behold now, I know, there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. He listened to the command of God. He listened to those who were beneath him. He obeyed in faith. And that obedience in faith was the means by which God revealed himself, and his response to the god's revelation in him was faith in god. Now let's let's take a look. We have a change of allegiance. He goes to the god of Israel. And he he goes to the, the prophet in Israel. Goes to Elisha and he said this is what I know. There's no other god. There, there's no idol that is real. There's no other god to depend. The Syrians had all kinds of gods that they worshiped. There's no god to worship. There, there is only one god. There is there is only one. And I want to worship him. Here, take what I have. Elisha says, I don't want it. You say, why did Elisha say he didn't want the stuff? I think Elisha wanted to make sure that people understood that faith can't be bought. But his willingness to give. But But see, now the giving is different. Do you see the difference? He is already healed. So now why does he want to give? He wants to give out of gratitude for what has been done, not in order to get something done. See, that's how good works work in the heart of somebody who is a believer. Why do we do the things that we do? We do the things that we do not in order to receive the love of God, but because we have already received his love, because we have already received his benefits, because we have already received his salvation. And so he returned to the man of God, and he stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I, there's no, I know there is no God. Take the blessing of thy servant, but he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it. He wanted him to take it, but he refused. Then Naaman, Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules, burden of earth? He says, I'm going to take dirt from Israel. I'm going to take it back to Syria, and I'm going to build an altar to God, and I'm only going to worship God. <laughs> He says this, it's it's an amazing, humble thing that he says. He's going to take earth to build an altar, and he's troubled at his secular responsibilities.
0: Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought about Naaman and his changed heart. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m., and Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens' programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org. Or call 623 581 3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Consider supporting this radio ministry with a tax deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. So please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 623-581-3115. Let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning service at 930 or Sunday evening discipleship time at 6 p.m. And don't forget, Dare to Stand airs Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. I'm Celeste Montague, inviting you to join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elisha the prophet. And now, here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts about Naaman and his changed heart. Join us next time for more, right here on Dare to Stand.
1: Notice what he said. Um, he said, In this thing the Lord pardon my servant, verse 18, that when my master goeth into the house of Rimen, a false god to worship there. And he leans on my hand and I have to bow down myself because his master is bowing down. He says, the Lord pardon thy servant. You see what he's saying? He has this sensitivity at even looking like he might be worshiping a foreign god just in his service to his master in Israel. It is a complete change of allegiance and change of heart. No other gods before me. No other remedy but God Himself. And now we know no other remedy but the shed blood of Jesus Christ.